fly. I believe I can touch the sky. This is not that kind of show, everybody. This is Radio Radar. This is the Games Radar podcast coming into your ears right now with only the best R. Kelly slow jams. My name is Anthony John Agnello. Wait, I think we, we just got content. Yeah, I think we just got content ID'd. Is that on? Did we just get content flagged? I mean, I know I sound exactly like him. It's true. I know like, it's uncanny. It's a flawless imitation. Uh, that's not true. I don't sound like R. Kelly at all. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that other voice you just heard right there is executive editor Susan Arndt. Hello, Susan. Okay, you're gonna like this one. Hold on. <laughs> it's time for radio radar. We take our jokes too far. <laughs> we should be in a bar. Playing our guitar. It's Radio Radar. That's solid. Yes! I can't follow that up. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Staff Roberts, how the hell are you gonna how the hell are you gonna challenge that one? I I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. Everybody, that's David Roberts. It's Staff the Roberts. Staff Roberts of uh, Games Radar. Yeah, I think that's my official title now. I think we've just it... made that happen. I'm okay with it. What, Staff this Roberts? Is, yeah, Staff Roberts. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Susan, can we, can we budget out new business cards for Dave? Yes. That say Staff Roberts? Yes, we can. Yes, and oh, awesome. uh, <laughs> we're just going to get the, we're gonna get the radio radar slogan. Topical. <laughs> topical. Put, up, put on our Right, cards. it just says, like, radio radar, topicality, right at the top. Just topical. Well, no, Hashtag just, topical. topical. Just topical. topical. Hashtag topical. Yes. Are we <laughs> like like my homage to the Animaniacs? That's only what twenty years old. Uh, any of Animaniacs is relevant again. It's they added the whole series to Netflix. That that they did. That they did. Which is so why it, I was watching it the other day. And all of the Clinton jokes can be recycled from the Animaniacs. <laughs> True. Like they can bring it on old back. Everything is new again. Is new again. Everything old is, is new again. I, and uh, yeah. I, like, you know, I, very, very rarely, but I get into these jags where I just start watching a bunch of, like, old 1940s and 50s Looney Tunes on YouTube. Okay, nice. Because there's there's not an easy way to see that stuff anymore. That is true. So you have to sort of go seek it out. And I love how there's, like, a constant stream of, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra jokes and Frankie Valley jokes and... It, the people that they choose to parody are pretty simple. You never saw, like, FDR showing up <laughs> in Looney Tunes. Like, nobody was like, ah, how about that Ike Eisenhower? Like, it didn't happen. But I, I feel like Bill Clinton appeared every ten seconds on the enemy. Yeah, oh, with for the, sure. I mean, he was in the title sequence every week. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Here's, here's, here's two very, 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 very important things you need to understand about Bill Clinton. Which, if, if you were not of an age at the time, may not have registered with you. Okay. Him going on Arsenio Hall and playing mm-hmm. the saxophone was unprecedented. It was shocking. It was, yeah. this guy is cool. Like, I mean, let's be honest. He can't approach Obama levels of cool. But at the time, it was amazingly cool. And then that... Paired with him answering the boxer or briefs question <laughs> right. during a town yeah. hall, right. cemented him as like the icon of cool, Mr. Cool Guy. Yeah, he was Mr. Mr. Cool, cool Guy. guy. Like, yeah, 
He was on Kids MTV. Loved it. He like mm-hmm. he, he made some like ob- oblique references to maybe getting high as a kid. Like, <laughs> yep. He didn't yeah. deny yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, this is weird. We got a really kick-ass Bill Clinton game on Super Nintendo that was unreleased, but you can play it in full. Oh, was the it Sox the Socks the Cat, Cat game? Wait, what? There is, so- there is shut up a Socks the Cat, Socks the Presidential Cat. Yep. Got his own Super Nintendo. Yep. I want this. Oh my god, I, I want it so bad. I remember so, seeing you can get repo it, cards. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can buy a cartridge of it. It's out there. You can play the Sox the Cat game. I love it. I don't think we ever got a good Animaniacs game though. We got an okay Animaniacs game. There were uh, there were Tiny Toon games which were actually excellent. So, so, which were awesome. Some better yeah. than others, but but consistently good. Uh, and then we got an Animaniacs game that was okay, and that was about it. I want a good idea, bad idea video game. Yes. Oh my with god. The skeleton guy. Uh, <laughs> he was my. He was my favorite. How did? How, I would, man, have Jackbox make that game. Guy. I would play that. I would play, I would that. play that. I would absolutely play that. That would be awesome. Uh, so the machine that I want to play that on. Yes. Is uh is something that is probably never going to see it. It, it is the Nintendo NX, which. Nintendo has acknowledged a few times, like, they're like, yeah, there's a thing that we're making called the Nintendo NX, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, uh, I remember uh, previewing Splatoon, and I, I was at Nintendo headquarters, and Reggie fils in all his, like, body-is-ready glory, like, very, very, he's a very imposing man, and he comes down, and he's, he's like, he's nothing but smiles, but he has a presence, He's and, enormous. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and, and 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 in a sol- he is he's a, he is a solidity of yes. presence. Yes. Yeah. Delightful. Yeah. No, he's uh, so a really lovely person. Yeah. So he comes down, and he's like, okay, and like the day that we were doing the Splatoon thing, Nintendo Japan literally just announced their mobile alliance with DNA. And oh, the presence man. of the NX. So Reggie fils just comes down and is like, look, you may have heard some <laughs> things on the news. I just want to let you know that, yes, those things are real. But we are not talking about them today. We are talking about Splatoon. Splatoon only. <laughs> Splatoon fun times right now. Uh, was it immediately like an old style, like 1960s press conference? You hear flash, flash bulbs going off. Everyone's raising That's their hands. That's the And then he just thank you. No more questions. Goodbye. And then he no more. Basically, without the flash bulbs, but yeah. You weren't wearing a a ratty fedora whose brim is bent out of shape with a thing that says press on the side. Yeah, I had my press cap with the with the the thing on the side of it, and I had my giant camera with the light bulbs that shoot out of it um it was <laughs> great that, it was great make time. that really satisfying crunchy noise when oh, they when yeah. they pop yeah that's a good noise <laughs> that's the best. man why don't they do that anymore i mean i realize it's anyway yeah <laughs> we're not talking about well, old cameras yeah well this is the thing man we don't know what kind of accessories the nx is going to have it's the, gonna have a flashbulb every on nintendo it. machine always has a camera built into it maybe they'll have 1960s style fla- like disposable flash bulbs probably probably not though so this past week uh a Eurogamer report that was later corroborated by sources at a number of different outlets uh came out and said 
that what the Nintendo NX is, is essentially a reverse Wii U. Ex okay, a... I don't get that. Explain that oh, to you me. Don't? No. What does that mean? The reverse mean? Wii U thing? What that means is that, so the Wii U is a base console that you plug into a television, and that it has a controller with a screen that will stream the content from that base console to the controller. It's streaming technology going back from it. Okay. Now, what is going to happen here is that the NX is, in many ways, just like the Wii U gamepad. It is something with buttons and controls on either side of a fairly substantially sized screen. This is what we hear no longer a capacitive touchscreen, like in the Wii U and 3DS where you can only touch one spot. This is a multi-touch touchscreen. The, the kind that's pretty much been in devices for over a decade now. <laughs> and the machine itself, all of the hardware, what is doing everything is in what you're holding oh, in your Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. okay. And that can connect to a television. You can... It's What they have said is that there is going to be a base station that connects it to the television. And what is unclear is if it's looking like this isn't something you need to plug into the base station the base station is probably going to be more like a, akin to a you know a, a amazon fire stick or a a roku if you will mm -hmm. and that will this is where the reverse wii u thing comes in you stream from what you're holding mm -hmm. to that now it doesn't sort of stop there. It continues to get weirder. Because imagine if you could take your Wii U gamepad and snap the right and left sides of it off from the screen in the middle. I have pondered doing that many times with my Wii U gamepad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> were you playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze in while fact, you were doing it? In fact, I was. <laughs> Well, you're like, what is with these goddamn checkpoints? They're bullshit. They really are bullshit. The Tropical Freeze checkpoints are bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> so you snap off the right and left sides of the controllers, and uh, a controller, and this becomes two separate controllers for two different people who are playing the game or somebody who is now playing what they were playing on their NX and are watching it on television. Think of it, you know, like the... Wii U or Wii remote with a nunchuck and that's what this console's shape is going to be it is going to use cartridges uh sort of like the Nintendo 3DS and it is sounding from the reports that the cartridges right now are around 39 gigabytes so substantially sized games games that could be significantly larger than most Wii U games and powering this whole thing is NVIDIA's Tigra X1 chip. And if you've never heard of that, it is what is sitting inside of the NVIDIA Shield console, which is that little box that you can just sort of plug into a TV and download games like Doom 3 BFG. Uh, it is <sighs> the power of the X1 is something that has been widely discussed. Now, on an Android-based platform like the Shield, it, it, it's not the beefiest thing in the world. 
Uh, we're talking around an Xbox 360 in terms of graphical you, you know, you, you know you're turning into that guy right now, right? I'm turning into that guy? Yeah, I've gone too far. Yeah. I've gone too far. The short version is, short version is, games might either look only slightly better than Wii U games, or possibly, depending on what's in there, slightly worse <laughs> than Wii U games. Uh, there is the suggestion by some of these reports that Zelda Breath of the Wild will look better on a Wii U than on the NX. So these are the details we have. What do you guys make of this? Is this what you want from a new Nintendo machine? Is this where you saw them going? Susan, what do you, what do you make of the NX? Well, to me, what it sounds like is... Okay, let's sit back and let's take stock of how people actually use our products and what people really enjoy about our products and what works. The one area where Nintendo has consistently dominated is portable. Mm. Ever since they came out with the original Game Boy all the way up to through the 3DS, that thing prints money. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. obviously, there is a large sustainable market for playing games either while you're commuting or or for kids or whoever is involved in like i i apparently am in the minority that i will sit on my couch and happily play a 3ds game but oh that's where i play 3ds games the most that's actually like um uh, uh, i was reading something like a few recent studies that have said that like most people actually now play, like, mobile games on the couch. They don't play them on the couch. Right, right. So, I mean, it, if you... And if you consider uh, the market at large, everybody in the world plays mobile games. Everybody. Either on their tablet or on their phone or both. So, the idea of taking... taking Doing something substantial, something graphically substantial, something that can play bigger, however you define bigger, whether that's larger in scope or or prettier or what have you, uh, games on your couch makes sense. That makes sense to me. So, uh, and then having the option to play it on your TV, I mean, that's something that they've done with their handhelds. I mean, remember the the Super Nintendo... Uh, yeah, the super the Super Game Boy, yep. the Game Boy Player for the GameCube. Yep. They, hell, they they you can get virtual console Nintendo DS games, but only on Wii U. Like even right. if you have a 3DS, right. you can't download a DS game. Right. So it that it is it is very much in keeping with their history and with the industry at large, um, mm-hmm. and is is a I think a a good step for them because. Mm. For them to, to have parity with PS4 and Xbox One, it's insane. It, it, there's no point, and there's no point. What? Why? Nobody wants Why? that. Nobody wants it. Nobody yeah. needs it. So, right. okay, if if you're not going to do that, then what do you do? Well, yeah. then let's let's change the equation. Let's you know in, in this we'll change the parameters of the exercise in true Kobayashi Maru form. <laughs> sure. Let's just cheat, right? <laughs> So I, you know, I I dig it. I I think it's a uh, as long as they don't make the mistake of trying to make it gimmicky. Mm. Like now, it's the one where it, you know, if <laughs> if you're wearing blue, you play a little faster. Whatever, you know, because Nintendo likes doing those kinds of things, and when they hit, it's really cool. They do. But yeah. 
and the touchscreen was the last one that really, really connected in a in a. Well, motion controls. Uh, Mo- motion controls uh, for them sucked. Right? Sucked. Well, they, sucked. Uh, well, you can't. Wii Sports was a thing. We, it was a thing. Yes, that's very true. But it was also, but it wasn't sustainable. That's what no, I'm saying. Like not. the the yeah, the, tu- yeah. the touchscreen was the last innovation that they made that was truly sustainable. Uh, I agree with that. So you know, I'm 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 into it. I dig it. I think it's a very interesting move. I think it's a potentially very interesting move. Uh, mm. And could it? It could definitely appeal to a wide variety of customers. The thing, is, Susan, I want to. Go ahead. No, no th- I was just going to say, like, the thing that really excites me about it is that it's, like, by condensing Nintendo's platforms into one device, Nintendo is no longer split across two devices. Because Nintendo's always had kind of sketchy third-party support. Uh, it's always been really hit or miss. Uh, sometimes, like, like they'll come out of the gate with a bunch of games and then realize, like, whoa, these don't really sell here. No one's buying Black Ops on a Wii U. No, oh, they stop God. making games. Uh so then Nintendo has to kind of pick up the slack, and you've seen them really strain to keep pace by trying to support the Wii U in addition to the 3DS, and mm. it's it's really hurt them. Like, is, like the, both the 3DS and Wii U are kind of barren this year outside of, like, like 3DS has, like, Rhythm Heaven came out. Uh, there's that Metroid game that no one wants. Uh, yeah, last year was that uh, that Zelda the Triforce game, and you know, and Wii U has a handful of games being published by Nintendo. But you take the two systems out, you put it on one, and suddenly two systems that don't look so healthy suddenly look a lot more healthy because you have all of Nintendo's internal studios working on one platform that can serve two different types of audiences, right. one that wants the game at home and one that wants the game on the go. I think that's really See, cool. And t- to that point, Dave, you know, I, I actually got in a, a fight uh, a couple of days ago. Is there murder? Because I don't... I, Either was there murder, <laughs> Susan. This is a, this is a real thing that Werner Herzog said about Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. When two trainers meet each other, do they battle? Is there murder? It's like, whoa, Werner, well, calm down, oh dude. my god, man. <laughs> Werner, nobody wants your Zer- your Zubat, man. <laughs> nobody. But uh, I was just gonna make a deep cut joke, so never mind. Continue. I I got in a a fight with Tech Insiders Ben Gilbert who I don't think Ben and I have real conversations anymore. I think we just yell at each other. That's entirely true. Try to tell you. Yeah. It's just accurate. Yeah. And, and he was giving me what I think is a very common line of thought where people are like, well, you know, this is just continuing the trend, like you said, Dave, of the past 20 years of diminishing third-party support from Nintendo, and it sucks that they can't have multi-platform support from the likes of your EAs and your Ubisofts and your Activisions, because not everybody can afford more than one game console. And I hate this argument. I think it's bullshit. Because the person who's only buying one console, who can only buy one game machine, tends to also be the kind of person who only buys a few games a year. That is true. They're not, they're not the obsessive who's sitting there and being like, well, I'm picking this up this month and this month. And, and you know, they're not the ones who are looking at the whole gaming landscape and constantly sampling everything. Diversity 
in this market is a good freaking thing. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is at a you know a Best Buy or if they're looking at Amazon and thinking to my, themselves, I want something to play video games on that's not my phone. And here is the Xbox, here is the PlayStation, here is the Nintendo. If you're looking at a freaking PlayStation and an Xbox, you're like, all right, well, both of them have Call of Duty, and both of them have Doom, and both of them have Dishonored, and wait, I already have a PC, and maybe I could play those things, even if it doesn't look quite as good as it would on those machines. Why isn't it a good thing to look at a Nintendo machine and say, all right, well... Only about five games are going to come out over the next six months. And if I'm only going to buy two games in those six months, why isn't it awesome? Why doesn't it make that system more appealing that, like, so one of those games is Smash Brothers, one of those games is Mario Kart, and maybe something else really weird that you've never heard of called, like, Splatoon, or Tokyo Mirage Sessions, or so on and so forth. Like, I, I, I think that the NX's potential, Dave, like you were saying, is in the fact that Nintendo can pool all of their resources into one machine from here on out and make it really attractive and really unique in the gaming landscape. It's going to have things that no other platform has. Yep. It, it's going to be a completely, completely unique library. And and the other and, thing, too, is uh, there's another report that came out a day after the NX thing got revealed by uh, Eurogamer, uh, I think it was on the Wall Street Journal that was saying that the NX will also play Nintendo's mobile games. So, um, which again, like, goes back to the, like, the their their slideshow presentation from, like, was it last year, year before, where they were basically talking about how their, their new approach to business and trying to create a sustainable market, and that involves mobile and the NX and, like, all these Nintendo accounts and all this stuff together. And so if you have this device that can also play Nintendo's mobile games, uh, you know, people can see the mobile games on mobile, Nintendo gets money there, Nintendo gets money on the NX. Like, it's... I don't know. I, I feel very excited about the NX. Like, way more... Like, more excited than, like, cautiously optimistic. For sure. Uh, do you guys do you guys think that having you know that, that Susan without turning back into that guy mm-hmm. you know uh, and talking about like well the processing unit inside <laughs> of this, like, all that all that bullshit aside yeah do, do you guys see it as a problem for the NX that we're looking at something that might be not just graphically inferior to the most popular consoles out there right now but significantly graphically inferior. Nope. Is it is it going to be graphically superior to a 3DS or your phone? That's exactly mm-hmm. exactly. That's the most relevant question. Yes. Does it look better than what is on your average phone? Right. And I'm not talking like your top of the line phone. Like, you know, does it look better the, than what's on an iPhone 5 or an iPhone 6? Probably. Yeah. And I like that. That's what. It'll certainly have a bigger screen. It'll. It'll have a bigger screen. It'll have, mo- it'll have better way to interface with the game. If you want to play something like a Super Mario Brothers, you can. At the exact same time that you can play something like a Pokemon Go or, you know, uh, insert touch only game here. Mm-hmm. It you know it's going to give you the options you want while it's also going to be able to be cheap enough that you don't have to worry about something like the Vita 
which is, you know, very, very appealing, but ultimately very, very, very expensive for what you're getting, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, P- we, you, everybody on this podcast, not to bring... We should really always preface with not to bring up the PS Vita. <laughs> I know, again, I know. But... <laughs> not to bring up the PS Vita Every again, everybody. But... <laughs> it's great, but it's... You're talking about a machine that is usually like a $350 investment. It's a pr- it's prohibitively no, not, expensive, and that's been its downfall from the beginning. What is it? S- what? Susan, you're forgetting the memory oh, cards. Oh, I am. You're right. It's it, Everyone right. always yep. forgets the memory cards. And Nintendo is going to be able to work around some of the internal memory issues by having cartridges. Like, for the big marquee games... You're not going to have to worry about, like, having a 20-gig game installed on your NX when you have a cartridge for it. Which could really, really hurt them if if the audience just wants to download things. But I, I think, you know, and Nintendo's audience especially has already proven that they're happy to go to a store and buy something. Because, man, those Amiibos fly off freaking shelves. Yeah, uh, but that, see, that's... I hate it when people bring that up, though. It's not the same thing. It isn't. Buying a game... It but it's not! Buying a game is not the but, same as buying a, a cute little statue. Nobody's but, nobody's scooping up Amiibo like crazy to use them in games. But don't now follow my logic. Oh, stop it. Here we go. <laughs> now, follow my logic. Because, I no, I don't think this is crazy. Nintendo has already demonstrated that Amiibo are... This is something that they want to be a pillar of their video game business from here on out. So I'm saying, what if pretty much every single one of these games comes with an amiibo of some kind? I don't... Th- that would be asinine. I mean, they, they, bundled, they bundled Twilight Princess with an amiibo. They bundled... Mm-hmm. Mario Party got yeah, like, but, they, they, but They've done th- it before. And you're, you have now dramatically increased the production cost... The, because your box has to be bigger. Uh, it's going to take up more shelf space now. Sure. This is... This is that... unless, unless they start pursuing... Because the Amiibo thing takes a bunch of different forms. There's also, you know, Animal Crossing uh, Happy Home Designer, mm-hmm. which uses the Amiibo cards. You know, I... Right, I, that is I, true. I, 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 yeah, and I'm... I, okay, maybe I was wrong to say, like, what if every single game comes with something? I'm saying, what if there is... A, a physical aspect to going out and buying the cartridge that is additional. That is, you know, there is always an option of having something that's Amiibo-ish. I, I mean, the, I, I don't know. The, like, it's something that they've dabbled with. I don't know if they would do with every game. But, like, yeah, like, it, it, it's been in different forms. Like, Star Fox came with Star Fox Guard if you bought physical uh, Super Mario Maker comes with that book. Um, <laughs> yeah, that book. That book. That book, which is like, <laughs> it's like basically pawing at a PowerPoint presentation. Ooh, <laughs> like, ooh. I love, I love Mario Maker. I think it's really cool. But I'm like, guys, why is this here? <laughs> it's to give you ideas, Anthony, to to spark your imagination and let your Mario wings, your P wing, take flight. <laughs> My P. <laughs> Let your P-Wing fly. Uh, it's interesting to see all this NX stuff come out so quickly after they announced the NES Mini. 
because I, I, I'm worried about the shape of the NX's backwards compatibility. Oh yeah, because you know they're they're saying like, all right, well the NX is not going to be backwards compatible with Wii U. They haven't talked about 3DS, but that means that all of that emulation software that they developed so, so, so slowly for their virtual console games on Wii U is now out the window. And it's like, oh man, what are you... If you guys are selling this other NES machine, what's going to be going on with your vintage library on the NX? Okay. And are you going to have to build it up from scratch? I, I completely understand your concern, and I don't think you're wrong, but they will be more than happy to just sell that to you again. Right, right. I, I want to see, I, personally, I think that part of the NX's potential and, and a barometer for its success is how they rethink their entire vintage strategy. Mm-hmm. Be- because I, I don't think that the, oh, well, we're going to put out uh, Star Tropics one week and then uh, Donkey Kong 3 next week. And, and then, then in nothing five for three months, months. yeah, <laughs> right. And then in five months, we'll do Super Mario Brothers three. And then, oh, like, hey, we have uh, we have Wii games that you can download now. Here are three of them, <laughs> and that's it. And then, we'll see you yeah, later. <laughs> nothing for six months. Yeah, it's got to be like like that's that's one of those one of those things that's not part of the actual hardware design that's really just going to be absolutely crucial to people being like. Oh man, that's that's what I want. I need that thing in my hands all the time. Um, Dave, what do you what do you think is the one thing the NX needs to do that the Wii U has not done and the 3DS has not done that's going to be absolutely essential if this is going to be the thing that saves Nintendo's hardware business? Clear marketing. Mm. Hmm. Don't confuse people. Oh my god. When you reveal the console, show the console. One. Because uh, the Wii U, they didn't do that for the Wii U. So everyone out of the gate on day one thought that, wait, is this an, is this an add-on for the Wii? Is this a... What, what are you showing me here? Um, so yeah, just like keep it simple. And, and from what the reports have been saying, like the marketing, like that's their plan. Is they're going to like, take your games on the go. Um, but they, you know, don't make this like the new, new Nintendo 3DS. Don't make it a Wii U 2. <laughs> break for, if you're, if you're going to abandon backwards compatibility, if you're going to do all that, you have to break free, um, of the name. You have to be clear with the marketing and you have to, people are confused when mm. they, and, and, and it's a problem that like, you know, it's only going to get worse, especially now that you have. Microsoft coming up with the Xbox One S this year, the Xbox Scorpio next year. You have the PS four point five or whatever that's going to be the the you know the 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 Matrix console coming out, uh, <laughs> coming out sometime either this year, or next year, you know whenever. So that's already muddying the waters, and then you have all these other options, and it's just the average consumer does not know or care about any of that stuff. They just, they want the thing that works, give it to them, and they will pay the money. Mm. And mm. Um, if Nintendo can make that clear, I think that they they will be in a much better position, I think, trying to sell the NX than Microsoft or Sony trying to sell these half-step sort of consoles. 
I completely agree. I completely agree. And, I, you know, it's so funny. I feel like this is going to be the first time probably since 1989 that Nintendo's, you know, entire sort of world is going to be clear, you know? Because 1989 was the year that you see the Game Boy pop up, and all of a sudden there's the thing that plays Mario, and then there's the thing that plays Tetris. And it only gets muddier from there. And, like, I, I love my Wii U, but the Wii, it's not even just, like, the basic premise of the Wii U. Everything about it is so goddamn confusing. Mm-hmm. It really is. Where it's like, uh... You have to go she- into the Wii mode to play your Wii games. <laughs> Some Wii virtual console games work in Wii mode. Some of them can be played on Wii U mode, but only if you pay the $1.50 to upgrade. And then, yeah, it's it's a it's a mess. It's, a, like... I, I get what they wanted to do, and they wanted to be like, look, you can bring all of your Wii controllers, like your Wii remotes and your and everything, and use them on the Wii U, and that's great. Mm-hmm. So all of your old controllers that you had sitting around are, you know, you, you, can, you can use them again, and that's cool, but then you have, it's like, well, then what, do I need a pro controller? What about the old <laughs> pro controller? Does that work? What, like, and then you see the back of the box, and it tells you, like, there are, half a dozen different controllers that you can use on this one game and it's like I just want to buy the thing and play it for okay it all starts with the name right yes because here's the thing something that happens and this is this is true of all content creators and designers everywhere is we get so obsessed with the cleverness of the idea we often forget that most people don't care like, okay, you take the, you know, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. You get it, right? It's from Nintendo. It's an entertainment system. Got it. Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, it's super, so it must be better. Okay, I get it. Game Boy. You get it, right? Then you get into the DS. The DS stands for dual screen, which is, well, isn't that just very clever? Because look, it's got the two screen. Nobody knows that. <laughs> Nobody knows nobody it. Knows that. Nobody knows and it. Nobody cares. Then you get to the 3DS, which, see, because it's 3D, and it's a 3D DS, so it's a 3DS. Get it? You see what I did there? Isn't that clever? Nobody cares. And then the nobody 2DS, cares. which and is the, it's which the 3DS, even, but... Right? And so you've gotten into this nomenclature that is just gobbledygook, when what you want to convey is a very nice, clear idea. So they need a name that gets the point across of what the experience is. Yeah. that you will be getting from yeah. this game machine. You know, I like I, people have been saying this since before when, back when the Wii was just called the Nintendo Revolution and they were like, See? "We're going to announce a name later." That was such a good oh, name for it. Such a good and I wish they had just stuck I with know it. me too. I wish I wish they had just stuck with it because the Wii was too like that, like that's a fatty name for something. Mm-hmm. It's going to stick in people's mind, but it's also going to date something. Well, yes. that, and you, when Forever. you have to explain it, when it's like, no, it's about playing, like, we are playing together, we and you, and, like, no. No. You, no. you have overthought this. Nobody Exactly. This. And then, and the, the eyes were the two controllers. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Back, no. Back, and that's the, the designer going, see what I did there? See? And that, that's clever, right? Nobody noticed. And 99% of the people out there, like, you have Johnny Ive going like, yeah, look at that. And then everyone else is like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't care. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I honestly am of the firm belief, like, 
Guys, go with the hard reboot name. Yep. Just call it a Nintendo. Just That's call actually it, really good. Call it a Nintendo. And Just make it the noun. Yep. Call it the Nintendo. Just Nintendo. do it. Call it the Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo with Mario. <laughs> I want the I want Nintendo the Mario system. Mario on the Nintendo system. Yeah, like, I sit there and capitalize on the fact that, you know, your original audience are now your most lucrative consumer base. You know, the people who were between the ages of four and 20 back when you had the NES out there are now adults and they have kids. And yes, you can sell them at NES Mini, but, you know, you also want them to be looking at this thing that will let their kid play Pokemon Go and Splatoon 2 and Zelda and all of that. Lean into it, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call call it an Nintendo. And, and also, uh, take advantage of the fact that even people who don't consider themselves gamers know that Nintendo makes games. If yes. you ask people, what does Microsoft make? The first thing they're going to say is computers. If you ask somebody what mm-hmm. Sony makes, they're probably going to say, like, Blu-ray player. They're not going to say Discmans? They're probably, they Discmans. probably not. <laughs> probably not. But if you ask what, what, what does Nintendo make, they're going to say games. Take yeah. advantage of yeah. that. Like you say, like, just lean into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in, in addition to clear marketing, in addition to a name, I think the one other sort of piece of the puzzle that has always been missing and now, like, like if you guys fuck it up this time, it's over. You're not going to get another chance. Yeah. Is the infrastructure? Yeah, Just the whole online world of the NX. You guys need a new store. Uh-huh. You you guys need a new way for people to connect to each other. I don't. I know that you spent a whole lot of money on Meverse, and every penny of it was not worth it. You dumb dums. That was. <laughs> Terrible. It was a, the Meverse was a terrible it, idea. It, I, it was a great idea. It's like Mitomo. It was a great idea for like a week, and then you're it like, was a, "Oh, I don't care about any of this." It, no, like Meverse would have been so exciting. It would have been a genre-defining thing if it had launched on the Wii in 2006. Like if it had happened then. Maybe it would have been awesome. Maybe it would have been a great idea. But, like, not now, man. Not in 2012 when you release this machine. So just start over. You know, actually deliver on the idea of a Nintendo network where somebody has one clear name and they can log into a thing and they can buy games with it. Like, this is it's not rocket science, you know? People know how to use Amazon. They know how to use YouTube and their Google account. Like, just... Good infrastructure, man. Make everything that works. Uh, Susan, games. What What is your dream NX game? Gosh, that's a really interesting question. Um, probably a, a more robust story of seasons or Harvest Moon... Or, oh. like, something where you could, like, something with a multiplayer component to it. Like, you know, because in, in Animal mm. Crossing, when, when everybody was playing Animal Crossing, when it first came out, and I'm not talking about Happy Home Designer, because please. <laughs> you know, we would, we would visit each other's 
towns and we would trade fruit and it was and it was really really cool even though it wasn't a classic uh co-op experience uh so a make it easier like stop this Mm -hmm. friend code nonsense like let me just have a friend list like everybody else in the goddamn world and then have something like that where you know i can trade you know, I'm raising alpacas and I'm and I'm spinning alpaca wool, but then you know my neighbor is focusing on uh, 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 cashmere from the rabbits, so we'll do it that way. And you know we can trade or you know whatever. I would I would be into that. I would super dig it. And no no more of this Minecraft nonsense getting in oh, your harvest. Oh stop mode. it! Stop it! What the hell happened? They, well, the, the, <laughs> what, happened? what happened was all the all the people who made Harvest Moon left. So they they made Story oh, of Seasons. Yeah. Story of if you want a Harvest Moon game, go play Story of Seasons. It's fantastic. So good. Yeah. It's very 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 charming and very I, like Story of Seasons. Even inside of the the Harvest Moon pantheon. Mm-hmm. The art is very unique. There's like this nice soft look to Story of Seasons mm-hmm. that I, I I just love. And, and you can make yeah, jam. Like I, <laughs> you can make jam. That makes me very happy. I feel like I feel like that kind of NX thing. Like like, can you imagine if you have this Harvest Moon that like you pull this thing out of your pocket and you sit there and you work on your farm for a little and then you can go home and break these little controllers off and just start playing it seamlessly two player. Mm-hmm with somebody else sitting next to you like that does sound awesome that sounds like so much fun and oh god yeah that would rule yeah. <laughs> dave dream nx game um mother three <laughs> all right just dave real at uh, real dream nx game. <laughs> hey, you said you I, said dream x i can dream um <laughs> it's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen. It's, I keep putting off playing the the you know the rant version, uh, just be, holding out hope that Nintendo is gonna release like an official version on 3DS or Wii U or NX or whatever. But it's never gonna happen. So, I think honestly, very realistically, I think you see Mother Three come out this fall on Virtual Console for Wii U and 3DS. Oh really? Well, they have nothing else. So well, they have nothing else. It's the game's 10th anniversary, and, you know, if you... Nintendo has... uh, They're late to it often, but they've been very good about, like, saying to their fans, We're sorry. Sorry about all of that, everybody. Here's something nice as a reward for sticking with us through the lean times. And they, they did it with the Ambassador program on the 3DS... You know, if you bought a 3DS in the launch window, you're still the only person that can play officially released Game Boy Advance games. This is true. On I have 3DS, them. I played an each cap there. It's 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 delightful. Right, <laughs> it's it's great. So they're they're good at doing that kind of thing. And considering that the NX and Breath of the Wild were pushed into next year, and literally there is only a Wii U game coming out this fall. Color Splash is it, and you know, toss them a bone. Nothing is going to get that die-hard Nintendo audience, like, super pumped like a Mother 3 release. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of suggestions. There There is scuttlebutt in the press uh, from reliable sources that that is going to happen at some point. 
Well, uh, in the immediate future. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful about a lot of things. Uh, but <laughs> the other thing, it's, it's not so much a game. Uh, it's I want the NX to be as easy to, for ind- independent developers to make games for as like mm. the PS4. Mm-hmm. I, because like mm-hmm. Nintendo's making a bigger push into indies, um, but it still feels like a very select few have access to that stuff. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, the case of like Nintendo, like pur- purposely curating and making sure that that is sort of limited, um, so they only have a certain amount of games coming out, uh, or if that is just that nobody wants to make Nintendo games. <laughs> uh, but I, I. I know that Nintendo has been notoriously closed off for independent developers, and that, that started to change with the Wii U, um, and to some extent the 3DS, and I'm, I'm hoping that the NX, like, we see a similar, like, like PS4 sort of shift, like, you know, we want we want more people to make games on our system, we want to make yeah. it easier for those people to make games, and uh, I think that if they can do that, and they can woo the same kind of crowd that, like, ends up making games for, say, the PS4 and the Vita, that the the NX could then kind of be my my go to platform for for indie games because I love I love being able to take those games on the go with me. Yeah. Uh, like I played Shovel Knight. I finally played through it because I took my Vita with me to PAX East and just blew through it on the airplane ride over. Like that's what I want. And if they can do that with the NX, like I think that'd be really cool. What do you think about this, guys? I'm talking Metroid Other M2. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Launch title. Stop it. Launch title number one. Stop that's it. What, that's, not, that's what Retro <laughs> Studios has been doing with their time. This whole time. It's, making it's all of it. M2. The, the, the Other M sequel that everybody has been asking for. Nobody has been asking see, for that. All right. I, I joke. I kid. Uh, I actually want to see, at launch, new Metroid. Yeah, that's fair. And not like lowercase. No, 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 no. I no. mean, capital N New Metroid. Uh, it, it's the old NES like trilogy of the the big NES games back in the day. We've seen New Super Mario Brothers. Like that was the rebirth for the Mario series and brought it back to basics and stripped everything down and got back to what it did really well back when. And then there was Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds, which. I mean, Link Between Worlds isn't one of the best 3DS games. It's not one of the best Zelda games. It's one of the best games Period. Nintendo has ever made. It's true. Ever. It's just, like, that is an amazing game that not only understands what made this, you know, 30-year-old design sensibility good in the first place, it also completely understands how people play games in 2016. Right. It, it respects both the savvy player and the n- new player, that's doing something for the very first time, give Metroid that treatment. Make a 2D Metroid that looks gorgeous, that uses every ounce of power in this new machine, make it beautiful, and make it something that is both very, very malleable, you know, so that it... and... and, uh... and... like, it meaty. Like, I'm trying to say long without just saying, (laughs) make it long. Robust and visceral. Robust (laughs) robust and visceral. Uh, Inspiring. Addicting. Wait a second. Uh, (laughs) I think we broke Anthony. Just the idea of New Metroid kind of breaks my mind. The the one other thing, and I I, think this almost doesn't count because I just don't think it'll happen, but 
I want the equivalent of PlayStation Plus. Mm, like, mm-hmm. yeah. that's not gonna happen. Only, well, here here's my thinking. Nintendo, the fact that this thing is going to be using Pokemon Go means that there's going to have to be some kind of network capability in it. Like, I'm not saying that it's going to connect to, you know, some dead 3G network or something. But I, I, I feel like this is going to be the moment that Nintendo realizes that it needs somebody to pay for a subscription mm. to support this thing. And if you're paying $60 a year for a Nintendo network subscription, what should come with that is... Nobody should have to ever buy Ice Climbers again. <laughs> but, because the Ice Climbers suck. Plus, Urban Champion. Like, 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 nobody should have to buy Urban Champion. Nobody should have to buy Bayou Billy. Like, but, you're gonna want to kind of play them sometimes. So, make it, now, you know, maybe PS Plus is the wrong comparison point. Maybe it's more like Netflix. So, PS Now. PS Now, Yes. And, and, but instead of streaming, you can actually download them for brief periods of time. Until, as, as long as you have the subscription, you have access to this evolving library of games. And I think that would be awesome. I think, I think that would be... Or more like, uh, the, what is that EA Access? Ooh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, no, perfect example. Perfect example. EA Access is a great it, model for it's Nintendo. A, it's a great idea that needs way better games. <laughs> yes, needs, but hey, yes. Titanfall 2 is going to be on that beauty, man. So, You're gonna get, you guys are going to get your, your awesome robot stompy stompy game. Uh, yeah, then, we are. Uh, speaking of ice climbers sucking, uh, that was fresh on the tip of my tongue because after seeing it in the NES mini library, I ended up firing up Ice Climbers. Of course you did. The other day. Of course you did. And I was like, this game, this game has sucked for 30 years. It's 30 years <laughs> of sucking. sucking. And yet I continue to play it. And Susan, you have had a similar experience with a new game that you keep playing. Yeah. And you have. Okay. So I've been thinking about this a lot because I wanted to... to kind of get a gut check from you guys to see if I'm crazy or if there's something you do as well. So I downloaded a, a mobile game, a little casual game called uh, The Hunt for Red Panda, which is about tracking down an art thief. And what this guy is doing is he's going into art museums around the world and defacing uh, classic paintings, Renaissance era paintings, by like, he'll paint headphones on the Mona Lisa or you know, add a rocket ship to the background or stuff like that. So what you do to track him down is you go to each of these museums and you restore all the paintings. And the way you restore a painting is you have a time limit and you go in and figure out everything that's wrong and either erase it or paint over it or whatever until the painting has been restored to its original version. Very simple, really solid idea, right? But, But, okay, so there's like 13 to 15 paintings in each uh, uh, museum. And if you played like two or three paintings at a time, because what you're doing from painting to painting is is really basically the exact same thing over and over and over again. And there's not like a story or cutscenes or anything like that. It's just you go to this painting, you restore it, and then there's the next painting and you restore that. And when you restore everything in the museum, you move on to the next museum and you do it with a different set of paintings. Okay. And if you only played like two or three at a time, that would be fine. But for some reason, 
I am unable to only play two or three at a time. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing like 15 or 20. And, 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 and I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And so like when I'm on painting like eight, I'm starting to get in a bad mood because I have stopped having fun because I'm just, you know, sort of churning through the exact, okay, I'm going to use the, the solvent and then I'm going to erase this and then I'm going to use the solvent and I'm going to erase this. I'm going to use the solvent and then I'm painting. Okay, the painting's done. Next painting. And, <laughs> and I'm, and the entire time I'm having this conversation in my head of just, 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 just put, just put your iPad down, honey. Just, just stop playing. You're in a bad mood. This is making you, but you don't actively angry. No. And I just keep going and I don't yeah. understand why. So, wait, Susan, here, like, boil, like, I, I can hear all the reasons why it sucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why this is not fun, but what is the initial hook, like, the one little good thing oh. that keeps you in there? Is it just, like, the premise, or is there, like, part of the way this controls that feels really good? It's, okay, so this is a, uh, it's a hidden. It's a it's a very clever twist on hidden object games, which I enjoy uh-huh. because they are yeah. very simple. When it's yeah. right before I go to bed, I like to play a game, but it has to be a very simple game, or else it ends up keeping me awake. Like if some like like you can't play Persona Q before you go to bed because it, it, it makes your brain too active. So something that's just nice and simple and hey, look at this painting and figure out what's wrong with it. And some of the stuff is really obvious, and some is not so obvious. Great, and it's just all touch controls, really, really nice and solid and clever. So that's the positive of it. Right. I don't understand why I can't, like, what is wrong with me? I get so cranky. (laughs) I get it, though. I, I totally, totally get it. Like, the perfect example is recently... You sent out a code for Pac-Man 256. Okay. Which is a, a... It was an iOS and Android version of Pac-Man that was recently ported to consoles. Okay. I hate this game. Okay. <laughs> I actively hate Why? it. Why? And yet, at, like every other night, I turn it on and I just start doing it again. It is... It, like... In a lot of ways, it is, like, the embodiment of every bad stereotype of the hateful mobile game, where it's like you're not really doing anything, and it doesn't go anywhere, and you just get in this loop of, like, compulsively doing the same thing over and over again. So, what Pac-Man 256 is, is it's like every other Pac-Man in the world, where it's, like, kind of a score rush, but the maze is never-ending. Oh god. So you start you start at the bottom. And the idea the 256 thing comes from the fact that in the original Pac-Man, like the original arcade machine, it's kill screen. The thing that breaks it is you get to the 256th maze and the game literally can't calculate past. Right. You know, like it, you you have gone too far and the poor little computer inside that's making this game run just flips out and yeah it bugs out <laughs> literally bugs out and resets everything the screen glitches out so in pac-man 256 that glitch is eating the bottom of the screen that's constantly pushing you up oh that's cute 
Yeah, it's, it's cute. It's the same uh, the same team that made uh, Crossy Road. Actually. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so you're just constantly cutting a path of dots. The the real goal is to get the highest score. Is you want to never break a chain of eating dots, and there are like little gaps, you know, just like there would be in an old Pac-Man game where there are no dots, you know, between two of them, or there's an item between them or something. And so you just keep pushing. If you hit 256 dots, it'll clear all of the ghosts on the screen. The ghosts appear in sort of unique patterns, and you just go up and up and up and up. And you're like, oh, I got 3,000 dots this time. Let's see if I can Oh, get... God. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That was a bad start. I only got oh. dots, and then I broke the chain. So I better start again. Oh, wait. I forgot to set this item because I collected the coins that were from the freemium model in on the iOS version, but you just earn them this way, so I better start again with the items. And then I go up, and up, and up. And, like, I love Pac-Man. Pac-Man Championship Edition. Oh, God, that's so good. I think Pac-Man Championship Edition is, like, top ten games ever made. Like, I would say Pac-Man Championship even more than the original Pac-Man. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. That game is... Oh, for sure. No, perfect. I agree with that, yeah. Oh, it's so good. But Pac-Man Championship, no matter what mode you're playing, there's always a point. There is a point to what you're doing. You're pursuing a high score. You're trying to do better with your performance. It's not just this, this, this repetitive morass. But... In Pac-Man 256, it feels enough like that thing I love that I can't stop doing. Oh, no. Right. And so, like, that's how I fall into that sort of pattern that you're talking about, Susan, where, like, like I hate this. Why am I playing this thing <laughs> that I loathe, and yet I keep doing it? The last... Like... Keep going. No, no. I, I was just going to say, like, there is, there is that... There is a the moment where a game breaks for you. Like, where it turns from, this isn't the best thing in the world, but I kind of like it, to why am I still doing this? Why am I still doing this? See, it? I am very proud of the fact that if I am not enjoying a game or a book or a movie, I will just stop consuming it. Yeah. Because my time is valuable to me, and I don't care if I have paid for the book or the movie or whatever. If, uh, if it is not making me happy, I'm going to stop. Because I want my entertainment to be pleasing to me, right? But I have not—I have not done this since Two Human. Two Human. I hate played oh Two Human. I don't even—I do not understand. Wow. To this day, I don't understand my relationship with that game. I hate played it. I was pissed the entire time, but I was gonna goddamn finish that piece of shit mm-hmm. game. <laughs> and I did, and I put it away, and I still have it, and I I I look at it with anger, frequently. <laughs> that forty five second death animation. Oh god! Every oh. single time. Those oh. every time. Goddamn oh. Valkyries! Oh Jesus! Who thought? That? Oh my god! <laughs> and the and and the, and and the because the loot was supposed to be so cool because there were eighty bazillion pieces of loot, and it was just let's just churn out something from the random name generator uh whatever it's like the hot pants of fantasticness here you go boom Ugh. 
Everything looks like it's ripped out of a bad Hackers reboot. Oh my god. Like, yeah, it, uh, that game, man, what a story. Mm. Um, but you're, you're gonna keep playing it, aren't you, Susan? This art game. Have you deleted I, it? I haven't. Because that's what I said to him. Like, the last time I turned it off, which I, I, this was days ago, and I haven't turned it on again since, I was like, just delete it. This, you know what's going to happen if you play it again, so just delete it. And yet I cannot bring myself to do that. <laughs> I don't quite understand why. <laughs> I felt this way about, like, just the glut of open world games last year. You were because, so... Like, I have, you were hate-playing The Witcher, man. Um, I wasn't hate-playing The Witcher. It was just... It was at a point where it was like, I, I have to finish this game before Metal Gear comes out, because if I don't, I'll never finish it. So, like, it just got... It, it, it became, like... Like, it wasn't... It, it, it's not that it wasn't fun. It was just, like, I have a deadline... I have to finish this. I have to finish this. If I don't, I have to skip quests. I can't, I have to finish this game. There's so many other things, like, and, and, and that's the problem, you know, like, quote-unquote problem uh, you know, of our position is that because we have to constantly be following, like, these new games, we can't take the time to savor games. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there were just, there was more, and then after that was Metal Gear. And then Mad Max came out on the same day. And then, um... Uh, then there was Assassin's Creed, and then there was Tomb Raider, and then there was Fallout, and like I have this like this personality, where it's like, well, I have to get all of the things. Well, I have yeah. to find all of the things because that they're there. That's they wouldn't put them there if you weren't supposed to find them. So I, uh, you know, I after like I cleared Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I played through Tomb Raider, and then I started up Fallout Four, and I I, I finally hit a moment. <laughs> I hit. I hit a I hit a breaking point where I'm like I'm just I'm walking through this wasteland I'm like okay yeah no this is like Fallout 3 like this is this is all right and then like I see a building and I'm like if I go in that building I'm going to spend 45 minutes in that building I'm going to look around I'm going to find a bunch of garbage maybe find a gun that's better maybe level up a bit get some more skill points or whatever and then I'm going to leave and then I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to find another building. <laughs> and, it's, and I'm going to spend 45 minutes in that building. And I'm not going to get anywhere. And, like, at a certain point, I just I saw a building, like, I don't want to go in there. So I didn't. And then I walked down, and then I got to another one. I'm like, I'm not going in there either. And then once I hit a point in my mind, it's like, if I'm not going in the rooms to explore, why am I playing this game? And I shut it off, and I never touch it. <laughs> I can I can one hundred percent relate to that. I played. Everybody was telling me how awesome uh, Assassin's Creed Pirate Black. Oh yeah, yeah. Black Flag. Yeah, Black Flag. Flag. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. Because uh, I I I played the first Assassin's Creed, uh, and it was a tech demo. And then I played the second Assassin's Creed, and I thought there was something there. And then I stopped playing Assassin's Creed because oh my god, wise wise yeah wise decision. <laughs> But ev- I'm like, everybody I knew was madly in love with Black Flag. And yeah, I do enjoy yeah. me a good pirate. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And there's all these things to find. And the, the, there's, there's all. <laughs> it's yeah. got the consumption. It's got all, yep. this, all this stuff. So by the time, like, I, by the time I actually made it off the starting island, by the time I finally got to the good part of the game, which is when you get your boat and you get to be a, a pirate, 
I was exhausted. I stopped playing it and I never went back. I was like, yeah. nope, no, there's all these things. And then you got a yeah. boat and the boat needs things. And you I just find the shanties, stop you it. You got to find the glitches. You got to find the, you got to get the crew members, yep. free the slaves. Quit you got to take over the outposts. And then, you know, and I don't know. Something about Assassin's Creed is very therapeutic for me, mm. but I can only do one of those. And I have made my choice. <laughs> do you guys have trouble making that choice? Like, in a game to say, like, when you look at everything and you say to yourself, like, I know these other elements are here, but I'm going to ignore them? It depends. It's, it depends on the game. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, the, um, uh, the Assassin's Guild, like in Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Because that doesn't fit with my character... Sure. I can ignore that no problem. Yeah. But you got you Mage's Guild, I must do every single possible thing that is in any way associated with the Mage's Guild. Yeah. Yeah. I uh you guys you guys are going to jump through the Skype to get oh to Oh god. Me. But oh, that no. was that was Gwent for me. Like I I and it was literally it wasn't like, "Oh, I hate Gwent, ergo I'm going to just ignore Gwent." throughout all of the witcher it was like all right well what i care about is is the physical quest and the story and i will never ever finish those if i start playing anthony i need you to know that i'm wearing my gwent t-shirt as we speak i'm not kidding (laughs) that is not a joke i am actually wearing my gwent t-shirt right now wait what does it say on your t-shirt gwent the the witcher gwent 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 man gwent on the front Gwent on the back. Yeah, I, I can't. I, if I go down that road, that will be the end of me. I, I'll, I'll never do anything else I, I, I'll be trapped. I respect that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're playing it wrong, uh, but... I am, clearly. <laughs> like, there is, a right, there is a right and good and just way to play this and, thing, and there is a wrong way, and I've done yes, it wrong. but... But I finished it. But I yeah. saw the end. Yeah, and I, I never will because like I, It'll never I just started oh, replaying yeah. The Witcher recently, and I'm, you know, I was doing quests, and I was like, honestly, I just want to play more Gwent. <laughs> I, I mean, well, you're in luck, Susan, because <laughs> man, that's gonna be so good. Uh, but man, you gotta play. You have to play the, those expansions. I know. Oh, they're, they're so, so good. I know, I know, I know, so I know, I know, I know. I'm actually just moving forward with the whole main story, which is not something I normally do. I'm just like, okay, let me just let me just go find Siri. Okay, yes. That, yeah, that's that's Got- that's that was me. Yeah. It's like the, all this stuff is so good, but if I don't do it, I'll actually get to the end of this thing. Yeah. Uh, uh Dave. Yeah. Speaking of something that you keep playing. Even though you hate it, no, and what that's, it does to your okay. soul. Don't. No, we're gonna we gotta talk about it a little bit because the NX was the the big thing in the world. Right. But literally, you know, just before we recorded this, uh, it came out that there is very likely in in the near future going to be something hitting shelves. Uh, Konami has not confirmed this, but it looks very likely that there's going to be a thing called Metal Gear Solid Five definitive ex oh my god now the okay. good money says yeah that no this is going to just be well go ahead yeah okay so take it it's it's just going to be ground zeros and the phantom pain with all the dlc from metal gear online that's it is it that's what is it's it going dave? to be is it that... dave <laughs> so is it 
come down this hole with me. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Uh-huh. No, it's... No, that's all it's going to be. It's... The... I... Okay. I am in the camp that believes that Metal Gear Solid Five is a fantastic experience for what it is. It's, it was my favorite game uh, of last year. I loved it. Um, I was very conflicted with the story, but the more that I like went back to play it, and the more that I like let the hype sort of get away a bit, and just like view it on its own merits and its own place within the sort of Metal Gear canon, it's it's probably my favorite game in the series. Um, I'm still like I still hold a candle for Snake Eater, but I think this game, like the, the game part of the Phantom Pain, like elevates it for me. Um, and like the story is is very deliberately obtuse and very like David Lynchian in its like in its the the way that it approaches its narrative that certain things just don't line up. The entire game has this very like haunting nightmare sort of hazy feel to it and i really love that about it but the thing is is one of the biggest complaints is that the game is unfinished whether that's the result of kojima like purposefully doing that to produce a feeling of the quote-unquote phantom pain in the player um with the sort of unconventional narrative structure of the game to make you feel that, like, like you know, you shouldn't feel good about wanting to go to war. Like, the victory that comes from revenge should feel hollow. Um, or if it's Konami stepping in and going, like, no, Kojima, you're out. We're finishing this game now. We can't delay it anymore. Um, and then just cut content. So, what people are theorizing... Oh, God, stop it. God. Stop it. Is mm-hmm. that... Is oh, that... Jesus. Is that the... <laughs> the final chapter because like data miners have found uh files that um uh, like a, a title card for a chapter three um uh, that the, the and the other thing too is that konami has has built the phantom pain as an experience that the like on st- the steam page it's referred to as the phantom pain the metal gear solid 5 experience so yeah which yeah i don't know like like why? Why would you use those words? Everything about this game is weird. Uh, so people are thinking that the the DLC will eventually come later, and the definitive edition will include it, while current purchasers, the current owners, will be able to buy it. But Dave, what about if the fact is that Chapter Three isn't Chapter Three at oh all? God. What if it's actually in the definitive edition? The Chapter 3 is actually the Fox Engine remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 that they've been showing all of those beautiful Fox Engine graphics for in the Pachinko machine. And that's what it actually is. Or, what if all of the stuff that Hideo Kojima has been doing, promoting his Kojima Productions logo, when he reveals the definitive edition, you buy it, it's that logo. No. No, 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 it's not. No. None of this is no, accurate. No, nothing's happening. It is just Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Pain. Would I be happy if if there was a Chapter Three? Like you know, I I would love more more Phantom Pain. I I played that game nonstop, and I would I'm I started over. I started the game over because I I we have uh, I had it on the PS4. Our Games Radar uh, Xbox One account has it on there and the thing is is you can't start a new game because i don't like the way that the um microtransactions work um 
the only way to start a new game is to delete your save file completely and start Ooh. a new game. You can go back and replay old missions, but right. the way that the story is structured is that there are certain interstitials that happen between missions um, that don't pop up if you're just replaying missions. Oh, they don't? No, like the the bit where... Um, and, and it, like, not organically either. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like... I mean, has it been long enough? Can I talk about some spoilers? Oh, totally, oh, dude, it's yeah. A, oh, wait, yeah okay. It's ten months old. Okay, so so, so there, there's a part where your uh, staff gets infected by the vocal cord parasites, right? And your your staff members are dropping like flies. So, Whoa, Dave, say it right, all right? Wolbachia? The vocal cord parasites. So... So God, yeah. Susan, you would hate this game so much. Oh yeah, it just is. It is. It is Kojima <laughs> as as all hell, and you would just be like, "Fuck, why? Fuck it. Fuck everything about it. I can't. I can't do it." Uh, so yeah, your staff is dropping like flies, and you don't know why, uh, because at this point, like you're just kind of like just learning about this uh, this these parasites, and then so you have to spend several tens of minutes going through your list of soldiers and quarantining ones that speak a specific language because those are the ones who are infected with the vocal cord parasite and they are infecting other members of your team and that doesn't happen when you're just replaying missions anymore that is only part of a brand new fresh experience in that game mm. and there are other things too that happen um, the way like certain cutscenes that you can only access uh by like like you you know returning to mother base after you complete a mission like you you won't get that cutscene because like you would have had to have fulfilled a set of uh set of requirements to see it and there's no way to like replay those cutscenes uh from the menu so yeah I god have, damn it dave now uh, i want to replay it it's now real I'm good man about it. it's real now, good oh, that's awful it's that's, real that's good that's the worst that's the worst thing that I could imagine doing right now. Uh, Fulton so, those soldiers, man. Send them back to Mother Base. Get them to work for in the, you. In the past week, uh, I have not been playing that much that is new. I've been, I've been continuing to play some of the things that have come out and that we have reviews for on Games Radar. I've been playing Headlander, which is really cool, and I, I really like it. And uh, the Metronomicon, which we streamed recently. Oh, man, it's so good. And... and yeah, a really cool game, and, and a couple of things that unfortunately we can't talk about just yet, uh, but we will next week on the podcast, um, because man, do I want to talk about what I played this week, and it's just pissing me off so much. <laughs> Wait, uh, can, can you even say what it is? What it was? That's um, not breaking embargo, is well, it? Well, now, now, now that I said it's pissing me off, I don't think that's... Oh, uh, okay, that's yeah, that's fair, that's statement. fair, okay. Um... But rest assured, everybody, if you want to you wanna hear somebody rant about something next week, please do. Oh, in. boy. Uh, I did get to experience something brand new that I think our viewers might know exists, but might have decided not to... They're listen. listeners, honey. They're not They're uh, not looking at us. Oh, they're not no. looking at us. I, I mean... I'm to the action figures on my desk. I, I'm addressing this entire podcast to Quiet and Fran from... <laughs> That's how this is going. <laughs> Did you get your Cosmo Figma? Is he there too? That's, 
No, he's not here yet. They delayed no. him until August. Oh, did, did you see the me. other one? Uh, they got um, what's the dude with the eye patch and the the sweet snake no, skin no, jacket? No, no, they made Majima. Yeah, they got a Majima Figma coming too, man. Oh, what, dude? What? I'm a father. I can't be spending. <laughs> no, why did you tell me that? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, damn it. Now I know what I'm doing when we get off. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went to go see Star Trek oh, Beyond. Oh, sweet. And I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I think... I was about to say that Star Trek Into Darkness is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. That's... But then I would have to acknowledge it as a movie. Oh, stop. It's not one of the worst movies Which... you've ever seen. It's not good. It is. It's terrible. It's, it's really it's nonsensical. Terrible. Yeah. It's not, it's not even like, it's like, it's not even that it's bad Star Trek. It's just, it's bad. Yeah, no, it's just bad. Yeah. Terrible, awful. That is true. Uh, and I enjoyed the first of the reboots, the 2009 Star Trek. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't love it. You know, I was like, that's fine. Like I was, I classified it as a movie that I would perpetually see on TBS on a Sunday afternoon when it's raining. And I'll watch, like, the last 15 minutes of it repeatedly. Uh, however, Star Trek Beyond, I loved. I love this mm. movie. It, it is easily the best movie that I have seen in the theater uh, all summer. Uh, it, it, like, you know, in this sea of sequels and blockbusters and your, your Ghostbusters and your Independence Day and your, your Captain America Civil Wars... Uh, this is the only one that I think is, like, essential viewing. And the the reasons, without going into spoilers, because I think that this movie really deserves to just be seen, uh, the, the reasons are... It's still an action movie. This is still an action movie, but it's an action movie in the same way that great episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, like The Best of Both Worlds, mm. or even... God, now I can't remember the... I think it's just The Gorn, but the original 1960s episode... I believe it's, the it's Gorn, called Arena, where, isn't it? Are, no, no, no. Arena's, Arena's... Isn't Arena where Kirk and Spock have well, to Well, now I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the Arena is where we get the classic song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like, the, the episode where Kirk is, like, kidnapped by a, a mysterious alien force and put onto a planet where he has to fight some guy in a, a terrible latex lizard costume who clearly can't see shit. Yeah. Like, he's just trying not to stumble off a rock. Uh, and he makes gunpowder out of, like, a handful of sulfur. It's just the best. <laughs> That's just it's, laid out in Yeah, and there's just conveniently, like, a nice completely random piece of incredibly big bamboo to, for him to anyway <laughs> right right and it, it, grown in a way that bamboo doesn't not grow. even close yeah uh this this falls into that realm but like on a big grand modern hollywood scale uh but it's still just like kick-ass star trek like it's about characters and characters who have conversations with each other about things and what they care about and what they want to do with their lives people have real motivations as opposed to like star trek into darkness where the only dialogue in the entire movie is people screaming what is already happening on screen mm. oh god sherlock is trying to destroy the world because robocop is a crazy military asshole like shut up 
everybody shut up and actually talk about something and they do in Star Trek Beyond it's it's great it is unbelievable and the one thing that like and this isn't like a big story spoiler or anything but the insistence on using contemporary music in these new Star Trek movies it is called it's arena actually, thank you very much what? oh it is arena yep. that one's arena oh, nicely done ha! that you remembered that Boom. that's incredible Thank you very much. Holy crap. Uh, 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 uh. Wow. So what's the one where Kirk and Spock well, now, fight? I, because not, Spock is in here. That's a good question. How awesome is it that like one of the foundational pieces of American pop culture involves Leonard Nimoy being in uh, here? That's everybody. true. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, you were talking yeah, about contemporary yeah. uh, music. It, yeah, well, you know, like, how people are constantly like, oh my god, why is there a freaking Beastie Boys song in the middle of my Star Trek mm. movie? Like, whereas it was dumb and cheesy and forced in the past, like, when pop music shows up in this movie, not only is it like, oh, well, that makes sense, it's freaking awesome. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and, and, like, just everybody is great in it. There is... 100% more Carl Urban as Bones. Which, I'm on board with that because he's so good. Yeah. So good. So good. I, and, like, I would just watch... Like, that guy... Why isn't he a bigger movie I star? don't know. Can you explain? Why? I don't know. He's awesome. He is. He's fantastic. He's amazing in Dread. He's, like... He's probably, like... He is probably next to Ian McKellen, I think, like, MVP as far as performances go in those old Lord of the Rings movies. Man. Wait, Carl, Carl uh, Urban but is yeah. in the Lord of the Rings movies? Yeah, he's yeah. the leader of he's, the Rohirrim. Erbaborn? I was about to say he's bearded white guy, Susan, but that's really not narrowing no. it down. You know, that's Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, no, no, he's uh, he's um, the leader oh, of wait, the horse Oh, wait, he's the leader of the army. humans. The, uh, yeah. oh, Lord, the horse guys. Yeah. Yeah, the right. Guys. Okay. Yeah. There, I am so okay. Oh. Look, 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 Lord of the Rings fans, who are all <laughs> don't email. Who are just you're just <laughs> screaming at us right now because we don't know this. Uh, I get that. I get that you're upset right now, and and I, and I don't want to take that away from you. I don't want to diminish your feelings. Don't don't email us about that. Look, my my expertise goes to Star Trek episodes. Okay. Here's what we can tell them, yeah. Susan. We all love Tom Bombadil. Does that oh make it better? Oh my god, stop with the goddamn Tom... Oh my god. Does that make it better? Nor do the oh. <laughs> Does it make it better that we like Tom Bombadil? Um, yeah, so... Taking him out of the movie was the right done. choice. <laughs> I love that Tom Bombadil. Anyway. Uh, if you guys... Uh, yeah, if you guys uh, are actually looking to go to the movies... This summer, and you you don't feel like Suicide Squadin' or or Ghostbusting. I yeah, Star Trek Beyond is freaking so great. So how is and, like how, like Justin Lin directed that the the Fast and the Furious guy? Like how mm-hmm. does that like is it is is it good? Like yeah, everything's yeah. pretty coherent and it is. I, I does does anyone not... like mumble about family in a very <laughs> uh, deep no. gruff voice? <laughs> well, wait a minute, Justin H- Lin did Tokyo Drift, right? He did. Uh, he, he did, did fast. He, he, he did up to six, I believe. Yeah. Oh, he didn't do all of yeah. them, did he? Tokyo he Drift. He did most of them. F- four f- and five. <laughs> I want to say six. Too. Now, now I got. Now yeah. I. Yeah. Now I got to look it up. Now you got to look. Now you got to know. Uh, 
it's it is not only is it like totally coherent but all of the big action sequences you're like i I completely know what is happening and why it is happening it's ridiculous like the (laughs) physics doesn't make any sense at all 95 percent of the time but it's you can tell what is happening and why it is happening there are also some special effects in this uh that you know like they're not going to blow your mind from a like how did they do that but from a design standpoint there is there's a space station like a human space station that they go through and it's it's just beautifully realized like it's some real cool science fiction ideas you know not like not sci fantasy it's not like it's it's not the equivalent of star killer base and force awakens where they're like it's a gun inside of a planet that vacuums up suns. That's not how suns work. Shut up! And then... <laughs> like, wait, why they can... are they... It's snowing on their gun. I don't... Sh- how does Why that... would there still be an atmosphere? I don't... Why would there still be an atmosphere? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, he did uh, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious... Or Fast Five. Yeah. Excuse he me. He started with And three. Fast and Furious 6. Yeah. And, yeah, and but, Tokyo uh, Drift... Okay, look, I've seen... That's a good movie. It it is actually coherent. There's character development. It's even if you are not a big gearhead, it's still an enjoyable movie. I love those dumb movies. <laughs> Fast and <laughs> Furious Two is the only movie where I was like, no. It's the the only one in the series where I was like, no, not I I dislike everything that's going on. The first one is like interesting as a period piece of you know bad techno and even worse car culture. That's true. But, yeah, but once, like, t- like Tokyo Drift, I feel like, and that, you know, that's when Justin Lin took yep. over, when they started building lore <laughs> and just, like, embracing the absurdity of, right. let's make Tokyo Drift and then Fast and Furious? No, nah, it's a prequel. What? Okay. okay. And then, like, characters from Tokyo, it's like, well, no, so, wait, he's dead in that one, but how does, but he's here now. Wait, is, there's a timeline? Yeah. I have to, yeah, and like that, I love it. I love, I love those dumb movies. They're great. I and like, okay, no, can, go ahead. No, just like and like I, the thing that like a lot of people were like, oh no, the Fast and Furious guy is gonna do Star Trek, and like I'm thinking in my head, but Star Trek is an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. You want to have action in it, so you appeal to you know a wider audience. You needed that action to be coherent, and you need somebody who gets handling and uh respecting a large diverse cast and giving everybody their moment to shine on screen i don't think there's anybody better to do that that like it's a weird fit but it 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 appears that it works and weirdly in the same way that you know what started to make those fast and the furious movies really awesome was a real sort of funny sense of self-awareness yeah that wasn't like just glibly referencing the past you know because uh, that was a real problem with star trek into darkness where it's oh. just like hey guys look at all these things like tribbles and uh like <laughs> that was the, very... the show that you like <laughs> yeah one of the very first lines in star trek beyond is kirk is like narrating when the movie opens and it's great because he like there is like a little bit of a nod he says like we're into year three of our five-year mission which is when the show in the 1960s ended 
like they only got three seasons and they didn't get to complete the five-year mission and he's like we're into year three of our five-year mission and things are starting to get a little episodic (laughs) and it's just like like it's like they made chris pine charming do you understand what i'm saying here it, 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 they did the impossible. <laughs> I really don't like him. He's just... Well, it's not his fault. He is given really bad he's scripts, like, like, 90% of the time. He's kind of a block of wood. Right, with, he, right. With he, eyebrows. He's a block of wood yeah. with eyebrows. He's wonderful in this movie. He's great. He's Kirk. He is He is James T. I, Kirk. In the best yeah, way. I don't like Kirk. <laughs> well... Which Kirk don't you like? OG, OG. Do you Kirk. not like old? You you don't like OG Kirk. You like you know sort of ballsy weirdo. Movie yeah, movie Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, movie Kirk. I'm okay with. Like if you go back and watch OG Kirk, and this is not, this is not William Shatner's fault. It is very much a product of the time. Oh yeah. my <laughs> God! It's just so sexist. I can't. Yeah. This, oh, well, ima- imagine. That character without the misogyny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, that swagger without the, like, hmm, butts. Yeah. <laughs> who am I like... going to... <laughs> who am I going to take to the bone zone today? Let's see. Oh, we got it's un... we got... Like, it's genuinely uncomfortable to watch those episodes, yeah. man. God, yeah. Anyway, but, yeah, I'm excited to hear that this is good, because I'm, I'm, I love Star Trek. I adore Star Trek. Uh, and Into Darkness was bad it was dumb it just didn't make sense like even if you could deal with all of the okay it's it's that scene it's it's the the death of spock scene but we're gonna flip it we're gonna flip it on its head and now it's kirk in there and he's fixed the the engine by kicking it okay and and now it's (laughs) spock yelling no okay right even if you could see past all that the ending flat out didn't make any sense the whole them having to chase after khan to get his blood sample to bring back Kirk, dude, you got, just wake somebody else up. Just, just take out, <laughs> take out one of one of the con sickles and yeah. you know, stick them in the microwave, thaw them. You're good. It, yeah. it. Uh... It's that J.J. Uh, Abrams, Roberto Orki. You know, like the, the, like the, those are some of the key people behind Lost and that yep. show. Yeah, had some moments. Yeah, but J.J. Yeah. Abrams also did Force Awakens. No, that's true. Awesome. No, but like yeah, he did Force Awakens, but J.J. Abrams it was the he wrote the Force Awakens with Lawrence Kasdan, based on based on another guy's script. Whereas Into Darkness and Star Trek 2009 were exclusively written by uh, Robert Orsi and that's his name. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and his uh, his other guy, who they're just All the right, worst. Now, yeah, now didn't they do Prometheus too? Oh Jesus, did he? Like, yeah, and Dave, yeah, Damon yeah. Lindelof backed up uh, into darkness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lindelof needs to be shot into the sun. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. No. Like, let's not damage the man. Let's let's just like, you know, maybe send him to the learning annex. <laughs> teach him. <laughs> Teach him how to do writing. Oh my god! Uh, he has all right, a everybody. Bunch before of bad movies. Wow. Just yeah, many. He yeah, is exactly. Not good at his job. Yeah, not great. <laughs> not great. Uh, everybody, we we will talk to you next week 
If there is anything that you would like to hear on Radio Radar, leave a comment on gamesradar.com or tweet at us at gamesradar and let us know what you want to hear and let us know what you think of the NX. We want to continue this conversation because Lord knows we're going to be talking about that console with increasing frequency. And please let me, yeah, please let me know if you hate play months. things. I need, yeah. I need to feel better yeah. about myself. <laughs> I think next week we'll return to the theme of hate okay. playing. Be- because because now I want to play Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. <laughs> oh, God. Those checkpoints oh God. are bullshit. It's that game. That game. All right, everybody. It's... We'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>